Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. As I record this episode, we are in the week between Christmas and New Year of um, 2023 going into 2024. It is obviously the time of year when we tend to have a little bit more time on our hands um, and we all try to pause and reflect on the year that's passed and set goals for the year ahead. And yes, I'm doing that too. I have a set of questions that I like to reflect on and then I create a vision board which becomes my wallpaper for my computer desktop that shows everything that I'm working towards and hoping for in the year ahead. It's an eerily accurate way of bringing what we want into our lives and I highly recommend it. This year, I actually invited a couple of girlfriends. I asked, you know, would you be interested in doing this thing with me because I don't want to do it on my own? <laughs> and, and I was delighted that they both said yes. So I had some girlfriends over. We had like some a beautiful dinner, just a combination of salads and kind of snack platter, girl dinner maybe, <laughs> um, a couple of glasses of wine, but not nothing extravagant. And we asked ourselves these questions. And it was beautiful to reflect on the year past before thinking about, well, what do we want to take into the year ahead? This is a process that I um, found um, back in 2022, November 2022. Um, I joined Angela Henderson's um, goal strategy, yearly goal planner day, maybe. Um, it was an online 60 minutes or 90 minutes workshop and it was lovely. Um, and I've kept that process again this year. Let me just share some of the questions that we go through, that we went through together. I mean, this took us all evening, but it was such a beautiful evening. What a great way to connect with girlfriends as well as set you know, the plans for the year ahead. We asked ourselves, we reflected on what went well in 2023. Um, the three of us have all set up businesses. We all run businesses. So it was great to be able to have that in common. But we also kind of discussed what was going on in our families and our personal lives as well. So we reflected on what goals we had achieved, what activities and projects and products had worked well, what we were most proud of, um, what we're excited about from the last year and what we want more of in the next year. So that was reflecting in a really positive way. And some of it was about business. Some of it was about supporting our children in ways that we hadn't anticipated that we would need to, but we'd killed it, you know, done such a good job in that. Um, then we reflected on what didn't go well, uh, what goals we didn't achieve, whether we got into any bad habits, what we could have done differently and what we were going to stop doing. There's one particular question that I find really powerful in that reflection 
of the year past, especially what didn't work. And that question is, what do you not want to take into the year ahead? That's so interesting to me because it, to me, it brings up what beliefs do I not want to take into the year ahead? It's very rarely, at least for me, about habits, um, but it could be, you know, you don't want to be drinking every evening or you don't want to be only connecting with friends when alcohol is involved or whatever. But for me, it's it's often been, I don't want to feel this way about myself like, or about something else. Um, you know, I'd like to not be critical of my body in the year ahead. I'm happy to leave that in 2023. Thank you. <laughs> um then there's these wonderful questions about well who do you who do you need to be in order to get where you want to go right so these are all um really powerful questions i thoroughly recommend angela henderson's yearly goal planning um masterclass that's just the tip of the iceberg the beginning of the reflections then you start going into goals and and chunking that down but it's truly beautiful now i have created vision boards for myself. I'm just going to pull them up on my computer so I can talk you through some of what I've put on my vision boards in the last few years. So in 2022, I wanted to set up my business, my divorce coaching business. I wanted to create an online course. I wanted to spend more time outdoors, uh, spend time with girlfriends. I wanted to have a particular cleaner. There was a company operating here in Perth. I loved what she was doing. I had her on my vision board. I reached out to her one day during 2022 and I asked her if they had any slots available. And she said um, that when I finally met her and she, she took on my job, she said, do you know what? We had no availabilities at the time. And that morning I just had a feeling maybe we should be taking on one more client and I liked the idea of it being in a particular area. And she said, when my message came through, it was the right time. I was in the right area. And she just had this really good energy about me. And I had to run upstairs, grab my computer, bring it down. And I had to show her I had her on my vision board. <laughs> it just, I love that. We both had a good connect about that. Um, so we're still in touch now, even though she's no longer got the cleaning company and she's gone on to many other businesses. She was awesome. And I knew that I needed her in my life. So she was on my vision board. Um, a French bulldog. I really wanted a French bulldog puppy. And I had this on my vision board and we didn't get a French bulldog puppy. We got two and they were both free. It was incredible, incredible how much we were able to achieve. Um, and then at the end of when I say we, I guess I was able to achieve, but for myself, for my family as well. At the end of 2022, I went through this process with Angela's um, goal setting. And there was one question about, well, you know, what do you hope to achieve in the year ahead? What do you one day hope to achieve? And so on my 2023 vision board, um, I put an ultra marathon. In fact, I, I didn't. In fact, I asked, I answered that question and said, one day, one day in the future, I'd like to achieve an ultra marathon in the Himalayas. I did not at all intend for that to be 2023. That was just a potential one day, you know, 
super unlikely, ridiculous, hairy, audacious goal. And then literally within 48 hours, I had an email across my desk that said, ever wanted to run an ultra marathon in the Himalayas? And I just thought that was so freaky because I hadn't typed it in online. I hadn't put it into a Facebook messenger or anything. It was all just like in a handwritten journal. And it was the universe saying, here's this thing you said you wanted. Are you sure? Like, Oh my God. Yes, I'm sure. So of course the ultra marathon was on my vision board for 2023 after I um, got that big kick in the pants from the universe. Um, podcasting was on there, writing books, um, an aeroplane. An aeroplane was right at the top of my vision board for 2023. And I kid you not, <laughs> I had to take the vision board down because I spent so much time on aeroplanes. I went to uh, Palm Springs, San Diego, Las Vegas, Singapore, Nepal for the uh, ultramarathon, London, China, Malaysia, Thailand, Singapore again, um, Cairns, the Gold Coast twice, Melbourne, down south in um, Western Australia. That obviously didn't take a plane for that. Um, that might be it, although I might be forgetting somewhere else as well. But I was on a plane a lot and it was phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. But yes, I needed to take the <laughs> vision board down to stop spending so much time on the plane. I had a private school that I was hoping to get my children into. Um, in fact, that was on the 22 board. They got in. So 2023 was about them thriving in that environment. And they absolutely have. Um, I wanted to buy a house, did that, <laughs> spent time on the beach and working out and being strong and fit and healthy. I also had having uh, my vegetable patch thriving on my vision board for 2023 and my vegetable patch is still happening and some of it is thriving, the weeds more than anything else, um, but <laughs> it's not because I was home tending to it. It was because my beautiful partner, Olaf, made sure it kept getting watered, but we're not actually eating any of the vegetables. It's mostly just herbs and weeds. <laughs> so maybe that's something for 24. Um, and, you know, writing the books was on my vision board and we, I've certainly written a draft of one, but I haven't finished it. So there was plenty that didn't get done, um, but oodles, oodles that did. And then 2024, I have lots of beautiful things on my vision board for 2024. So this process, this like wrap up of 23 and set plans for 2024 is certainly not a one and done. Right? You don't just sit down, ask yourself the questions, write it out, set the plans, close your book, get on with your day-to-day -day, um, you know, lives, but it is something that can be revisited. Nothing is set in stone. I, sometimes I change that board throughout the year, um, especially if I'm getting too much of one thing. But there's also a lot of in-between time. I'm spending a lot of my in-between time at the moment reflecting on those questions. And yes, I've answered them, but I'm also revisiting them. And, you know, does that still feel right? Is that really what I want to achieve? Why? Why not? And what I've noticed in these past few days as I'm doing this reflecting, I mean, I'm not just sitting down meditating for hours at a time. Don't get me wrong. This is me like having a think while I'm walking the dogs or, you know, I'm playing on the playground 
with the kids and then we're walking home and they're dragging behind a little bit. So it's these little in-between moments where I'm thinking about it. And I've been reflecting that weirdly I've, I've observed that I'm feeling a little bit guilty about feeling happy. Like 2023 was huge for me. I just touched on the travel, right? The travel was phenomenal. Some of it was like I'd never been to Palm Springs in the US before. It was so beautiful. The launch house opportunity I had on the Gold Coast was just mind-blowing. I ran a freaking ultramarathon in the Himalayas. That was like life-altering stuff. So 2023 was huge. And I deserve to be happy for all that I've achieved. I mean, buying the house as well. So thinking about what I've been able to achieve in 2023 was actually a bit like looking directly at the sun. I can't look directly at it because I can barely believe it. It's too big. It's too much. So you know, and that's also not to say there haven't been challenges or missing some of the goals, certainly, for sure, right? I didn't achieve everything. I didn't get the books out into the world. But I can't deny that there's been more good, like great, than even I dared hope for, right? I love setting big, scary goals and living a big, full life. I'm so here for that. And I have an abundant mindset, I believe there is more than enough for everyone. My success or my happiness does not need to come at the expense of anybody else's. I don't need for someone else to be unsuccessful so that I can be successful. I don't need for somebody else to be unhappy so that I can be happy. There is more than enough for all of us. There is space for all of us. But as I sit here in these days and I reflect on this awesome year and this beautiful life that I've built for myself and for my family and with my family, like, why am I feeling a bit bad about sharing it or talking about it or visiting it or actually acknowledging it all? It's, why do I feel bad? Why do I feel guilty? You know, in Australia, um, if you're listening to me in Australia, you might've heard of the tall poppy syndrome. And I grew up here until I was 21. Um, so, of course, I would have been affected and have heard about the tall hop- poppy syndrome. It's an, it's an Australian idiom that refers to successful people being criticised, right? You, you can't be too successful or brag about your se- success or you'll be cut down like a tall poppy that stands out too high above the others. So perhaps that's part of it. Perhaps there's something in me that, that thinks don't be a tall poppy, like don't don't brag about your success or don't be too successful, don't be too happy, don't achieve too much because other people don't want that for you. But I also wonder if it's because I've been on the hedonic treadmill for so long that it feels a bit strange to step off it and actually revise my baseline level of happiness. Um, in case you don't know what the hedon- hedonic treadmill is or hedonic adaptation. It's a metaphor for this very, very human trait to pursue one pleasure after the next, because we think that next thing is the thing that is going to make us happy. But actually, we have a baseline of happiness that no external change can actually uh, can affect. 
right? So that's the um, premise around what is the hedonic treadmill. We're on this treadmill chasing for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, but actually the baseline that we've set for ourselves, that baseline of happiness cannot be impacted by the things that we're chasing for. How it plays out is that we pursue something specific. So we believe that things will change for the better when we have the thing that we're pursuing. We might anchor the idea of, you know, I'll be happy when I get the promotion at work, or I'll be happy when I buy the car of my dreams, or I'll be happy when I go on a holiday to the Maldives, or when my ex signs over the house, or whatever. Each of these things is outside of us, and the theory suggests that actually achieving what we think we want is only going to make us happy for a moment. Then we adapt to it, that's the adaptation part, and we want the next thing, that's the treadmill part, right? The hedonic adaptation, the hedonic treadmill is just wanting the next and the next and the next. I saw this play out with my daughter recently. In fact, I see it play out with her probably a little bit too often and I struggle to teach her. <laughs> we'll get there, this is my job <laughs> as a parent. But um, she desperately, desperately wanted a particular thing. And it was something that I didn't want her to want because it isn't aligned with my values. I, I was almost upset that my child would want this thing that I think is so frivolous and stupid. But she begged for it and she argued for it and she petitioned for it. And I revisited where my feelings are about her having this thing that is so important to her. And eventually we created some conditions around her being able to have this thing. She was able to earn it over a period of time. I didn't want it to be, you know, a quick win or a, um, what am I trying to say? A, an immediate satisfaction, immediate gratification. And I wasn't letting her learn that if she wears me down enough, she can get what she wants, right? She had to earn this thing over time. And eventually she earned it. We took a specific outing to go and buy it. She was so proud to finally have this stupid branded thing that I don't even want to look at. <laughs> she was so proud to go to the, you know, the big grown-up store to get it and to be able to pay with a card to buy it. And it got wrapped nicely and it got put in a bag. And she's 11 years old, right, walking around with this branded thing I don't want her to have. And it was literally within minutes, and I want to say less than four minutes. She is glowing. She's delighted. She's finally achieved this big thing that was going to make her so happy. And we go down the escalators. We're walking towards the car where I'd parked it, and there was a Boost Juice, which is, again, in Australia. It's a franchise of um, juices and smoothies. And she asked if we could buy a Boost Juice before heading back to the car. And I said, no, because I think they're overpriced and they're a meal in a cup and we were just about to have a meal, right? So a meal in a cup is fine if we, whatever. <laughs> Her response to me saying no to the Boost Juice was that I ruin everything for her and she never gets anything that she wants. Like this is within four minutes of her getting the branded thing that she had to earn. I'm like, I was absolutely horrified. I'm so annoyed. We didn't talk to each other. She didn't talk to me for a good 10 minutes. And frankly, I was fine with that. Fine. Don't talk to me because I'm not sure I want to talk to you either right now. That 
is the hedonic treadmill at work. She thought her branded thing would make her happy and within minutes she was back to her baseline happiness and some wanting something else that would make her happy, right? We strive for happiness. I, I get it. We, we create the idea and we talk about the pursuit of happiness. We make choices to reduce our unhappiness, like leaving a marriage that doesn't work. And we set goals to help us achieve being happy or achieve happiness. So why aren't we better at recognizing it and bathing in it when we have it? Why have I got a little bit of guilt lingering that I'm in a good place right now and that I've had a killer year? It's been amazing. Um, it made me think of another thing. So the hedonic treadmill is a concept that I learned about a few years ago during the many months of COVID lockdowns um, in Singapore. I completed the Yale course of happiness. I think it's called the science of well-being. Um, by beautiful Professor Dr. Santos in um, Yale. It's actually a free online course now via Coursera, and I thoroughly recommend that you check it out. I believe it's still free, worth checking out anyway. It was a super practical six-week program where you learned all about the hedonic treadmill, all of these other concepts and research into happiness and I loved it. When I say it was super practical, it's like you would learn a new concept each week and you would have to apply it and you'd have to measure the impact that each of these applications had on your base level of happiness. Anywho, it does teach you the tools that you need to be happy. It doesn't teach you how to stay consistent with them and keep doing it for the rest of your life. But anywho, one of those, one of those tools is savoring. This is something that I would definitely like to work on in 2024, and I would like all of us to work on in 2024. Savoring is where we notice a positive experience or emotion, and we allow ourselves to immerse in it. We notice exactly what is happening around or within ourselves, and we yeah, immerse ourselves in it. Like, what can you see? What can you smell? What can you hear? Who is there with you? How are you feeling? All of it. You know, what time of day is it? How does the sun feel on your skin? Like all of it. Take a mental video of that moment, whether it's a short or a, like a whole afternoon. Take a mental video with such vivid definition that you can recall it and place yourself back into that moment whenever you want to. That is savoring. There are going to be plenty of tricky moments throughout 2024, as there are in any year. My phenomenal 2023 had plenty of tricky moments and devastating moments and big snot cries and, you know, um, deep frustration and yelling and losing my temper. There was all of that was there. And we are going to face them again in the year ahead and we're going to navigate them as best as we know how and then they'll pass, and then we'll have a new challenge to face. So if we're going to have to face these tricky moments and challenges, can't we allow ourselves to also face directly the beautiful moments and the times of happiness, even if they're fleeting, even if they're weeks long? Can't we hold on to those 
So I have a lot on my vision board for 2024. It is going to be another amazing year for sure, for sure. In addition to all those wonderful experiences I plan to have and my big scary goals that I plan to achieve, 2024 is also going to be a year where I allow myself to feel less guilty about being happy. I'm going to savor the shit out of my happy days and make even more of them. And I hope you'll join me too. I really hope that 2024 is a phenomenal year for you. It You deserve for it to be a phenomenal year for you. And your success and your happiness does not need to come at the expense of anybody else's. You're allowed to have it too. Sending you lots and lots of love. I will see you in the new year. Thanks so much for listening. Please remember to rate um, and subscribe and to share this episode with anyone that you think might need a little reminder to dwell in some joy for a little while. Okay. Take care. Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at dodivorceright. I look forward to connecting with you there.